this day, there's nothing like that moment. That moment when your legs are tucked underneath your arms and you're flying through the air yelling, cannonball! Remember the last time you did that? Somebody first was like, never. Shame on you. Like, come on. The goal is to hit the water with your body shaped like much like a tightly formed ball, as much as you can as possible. The more like a cannonball you are, the bigger your splash will be, which is the whole point, right? Yeah, you may make some waves in the pool. You may, somebody might tip off a raft they're on in the pool, but the true test of your cannonballing ability is whether or not the people on the deck get wet. There's no halfway on a cannonball. You're all in from the jump, right? Cannonball, it's a great metaphor for living life, all in, in in our relationships, in our jobs, with our faith. Imagine the splash. Imagine the, the ripples we could create if we just lived all in all the time. No fear, no staying in the, in the shallow end, no sitting on the lounge chair, jumping in. That's what the series is all about. Jesus makes it very clear there is no following him halfway. He calls that lukewarm, and it's revolting to him when we try to live out our faith that way. In fact, in Luke chapter 9, he tells us, that, hey, if you're going to follow me, you've got to deny yourself. You've got to take up your cross every day and follow me where, wherever I lead. There's nothing halfway about that. That's, that's cannonball speak. And so for the next, the next four weeks, we're going we're gonna to be spending time with Jesus in the Gospels, listening and learning from him and what it looks like to, to be his disciple, to be a follower all in. And much like the metaphor of, of cannonball living, Jesus often taught using metaphors. He, he was a master teacher, uh, and he, one of the, his favorite tools to use in teaching was was a metaphor, or more specifically, a controlling metaphor, a, a few words that would paint a picture and that metaphor, that picture would provide deep meaning for us and, and um, far-reaching applications, significant implications in our lives. Uh, Kyle Eidelman says a good controlling metaphor allows you to hold up a concept and look at, look at it from a bunch of different perspectives. It can be used to unlock new understandings. And so Jesus used this teaching method often. Um, even at the very beginning of his ministry, he began by telling his followers, hey, you're, you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. You're a city on a hill that, that can't be hidden. And all of these, all these metaphors help them understand who they were because when you understand who you are, you'll know what to do. And so today we're going to hear Jesus help us understand who we are and the next few weeks we'll unpack what, it, what we're to do. Behavior always follows identity. And, and since Jesus used teaching metaphors, we're going to do the same thing just taken directly from the Gospels each week. In John chapter 15, Jesus and his disciples have just left the upper room. They have just finished what we would call the Last Supper, and they're making their way along this, in the cool of the night, along this road towards uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. And it's in the garden where Jesus would be arrested, and eventually he would be beaten and crucified. And Jesus realizes he doesn't have much time left with his disciples. He's kind of down to those last moments. And, and listen, he knows what's coming for him, but he also knows what's coming for them, for his disciples. They're, 
they're going to be charged with fulfilling this great commission to take the good news of the gospel to the ends of the earth. And they're going to face persecution. Jesus knew that. In fact, all but one of them would be martyred because they were one of his followers. They were going to face incredible obstacles and opposition, times of doubt and discouragement. They would face all kinds of confusion and uncertainty. And this had, this had to be on his mind while they're walking along this, this ancient road. And they were going towards the garden. And along these roads were, were vineyards. Just imagine like a trellis just covered with vines and, and grapes. Some of them had been there for generations. And, and Jesus is deciding, what should I say to them? What can I say to them that they're going to remember, that, uh, that's going to be challenging but inspiring, that's going to help them with this mission they're about to be on without me? And I believe whatever he would say to them then is what he would want to say to us now. And as he walks along the vineyards, what Jesus doesn't say is, hey, guys, my time's short. Here's a book of instructions I put together for you to follow. What he doesn't say is, hey, I put together a five-year plan, so this is how the gospel's going to reach the end of the earth. Or, hey, here's 100 things I want you to do by the year 100. He doesn't say that, probably because that doesn't work. If you try to take faith and kind of boil it down to a list of to-dos that that never works. And so Jesus didn't do that. Instead, he gives them a metaphor. John chapter 15, walking along the vineyard road with his disciples, Jesus says in verse 5, I'm the vine. You're the branches. Just looking at the vine. I'm the vine. (laughs) You're the branches. If you remain in me... And I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so here's what what, what we want to hear from Jesus today. Be the branch. Be the branch. The vine, it, it comes up out of the ground, and the branches, if they stay connected to the vine, will, will grow and will produce fruit. But if the branch is not connected to the vine, then the branch well, it can't do anything, the, the, the branch is dead. And so Jesus says to us today, be the branch. In fact, in John chapter 15, we'll see this one word happen 11 times in 11 verses, this word remain, remain in me, stay connected to me, remain in me. He says to them, just stay connected, be, be the branch. And as a church family, here's what I would say. It doesn't matter what else we get right if we get this wrong. Our main focus, our primary calling is to stay connected to Jesus. Without him, we can do nothing. Be the branch. Jesus knows that if we understand who we are, that we're the branch, then we'll we'll know what to do. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Be the branch. Stay connected to me. It's no mistake uh, that, that this first thought really starts with the word be and not do. Be the branch. I, I saw this quote, this great reminder the other day. It said that, that we are human beings, not human doings. 
And I like that, because here's the thing. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Behavior flows from identity. Be the branch. Let's, let's put the emphasis on who we are. When we understand uh, that we are the branch that connects to the vine, then we'll know what to do. The vine is where our, we find our strength. It's where we find our energy to live out and produce the fruit that God has called us to produce in our lives. I, I love thinking about this. When we're told to be the branch, that's who we are. But, but it doesn't happen based on our own, our own determination our own talents even, it just comes from being connected to the vine. And this changes the way we do things as followers of Jesus. Here's what it looks like for me. Um, when I feel far from God, when, when, when things don't seem to be as good as they, they should be or that I think or as good as maybe they were at another time in my Jesus following life or worse yet, I'm sure you don't do this, but I start pr- comparing my fruit to someone else's, that's, well, that's when I, I find myself, it's not, it's not too far-reaching to conclude, well, I just need to do more. I just need to pray more. I just need to fast. I just need to read my Bible. I just need to spend more energy serving. I just need to spend more energy doing. Then, then I'll, I'll bear fruit. Then I'll be doing what I'm supposed to do. Then my production will be better. Too often, I, and I'm, I'm guessing sometimes you too, get caught up in, in production in doing more, and I neglect connection. And what Jesus is teaching us is if you neglect connection, well, production becomes impossible. It's connection and then production. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And when we get that right, when we know that we simply need to be the branch, our emphasis is not on producing fruit. Our emphasis is staying connected to the vine. And when we connect, then listen, God will produce the fruit. Don't confuse the metaphor. Is it when we confuse the metaphor, all kinds of problems happen, right? When we confuse the metaphor, life's pressures get, well, they get really, really heavy. Because, you see, the branch understands that production is up to the vine. I start feeling that kind of pressure uh, when I put the weight on me that God never intended me to carry, and maybe this is true of you, too, right now in your life. Like you're feeling a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. Um, you're carrying a lot of weight because you're trying, <laughs> you're trying to be the vine, and you're not the vine. You're the branch. Friends, being the vine will wear you out. Being the vine will create all kinds of stress and anxiety, and, and it puts pressure on all the relationships around you. You're not called to be the vine. You're called to be the branch. When we confuse the metaphor, it creates all kinds of problems. Things in life, everything gets heavier, and pride keeps in. Hey, look at what I did. Look at my fruit. Look at what I've produced. <laughs> it's not your fruit. You just stayed connected to the vine. You're just a branch. I'm just a branch. And there's a lot of joy and a lot of peace in being a branch. Because God can do what we can't. God can fix the messes that we create. When we don't think there's a way, God can make a way. He alone is our source and provider. Apart from him, nothing happens. And so we're reminded that we are not the vine. Jesus is the vine, and our job is to stay connected to him. It's interesting when Jesus introduces this metaphor in John chapter 15 and verse 1, he says, I'm the true vine, and my father's the gardener. 
I'm the true vine. What does that seem to indicate? Well, it seems to indicate that there are some fake vines, some imitation vines out there, right? There's, some, there's a lot of, of vines out there that will, will, will they'll promise strength, they'll promise purpose and joy and hope, but, and Jesus, like, they, there's a lot, of, a lot of imitation vines out there, but I'm the true vine. Some of, us have, some of us have tried those different vines and we've learned the hard way. Some of us have turned our spouse into our vine. We've connected to them. We've expected our spouse to do for us what, what, what Jesus can do for us, and, and we, we've We've tried to find strength in them and joy in them and peace in them. And then when things don't go well, we're like, well, there's something wrong with you. Because if you were meeting my needs, then I'd be producing this fruit in my life. I'd have this kind of joy in my life. And so she's not meeting my needs and I'm not getting what I need from him. Or, or maybe, maybe, you've, maybe you've turned your children into your vine. And you've tried to connect with them to find joy and strength. Or, or maybe you're trying to be their vine. You're trying to be your spouse's vine. Hey, I'm going to be responsible for all of your joy and happiness and peace and purpose. And and that doesn't work very well. Could be an imitation vine of success or health or appearances or religion. Try to latch on to that for what you need and no luck. Jesus says, no, I'm the true vine. There's a lot of cheap imitation vines out there, but I'm the true vine. And then on down in verse 11, he tells the disciples, this is why I'm telling you this. He says, I've told you this so that my joy would be in you and your joy would be made complete. I'm telling you that I'm the true vine and in me you'll find what you need so that your joy will be complete. You won't find that sort of thing in imitation vines. Jesus is is telling us that there's a lot of imitations out there that may work for a while, right? They may look for a while. From a distance, they may even look appealing, but but it's not real. It's fake. And he says in verse 6, if you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. And such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. You know what you call a a branch that's not connected to a vine? A stick. It's a stick. I didn't feel good standing up here and saying, hey, be the stick. It's It's not very compelling to do that. What do you do with a stick? Well, you gather them up and you throw them in the burn pile. I saw this illustration this past week. I thought I'd share it with you. I know you know what a stick looks like, but I brought one anyway. This is a stick. I tied some fruit to it. It's not even real fruit. It's plastic. It's imitation fruit. (laughs) You see, the best you can hope for from an imitation vine is imitation fruit. And from a distance, this, this actually might look okay, but you get closer, certainly if you took a bite of it, you would know very quickly it's a stick with some plastic tied to the end. Sometimes I wonder if this is what we've settled for. Now we, we pass ourselves off as branches that bear 
fruit, but we're just some sticks with some plastic tied to the end. And from a distance, people might look and conclude, man, that looks pretty good. But then they get closer and they don't want to have anything to do with it. And if they've never tried real fruit before and they think this is what fruit is, then, then they're not going to want to have anything to do with it when they finally get an opportunity to try the real thing. And I just wonder if we're not being branches that bear real fruit, we could become a church that's full of sticks with plastic tied to the end. And that's not the church of Jesus Christ. That's a place where people come and look their best, sing their best, where they're afraid to come when life is messy. That's a place that, that, hey, we might be known for having a cool building, but maybe not for being a loving family. That's a place where, where we may draw big crowds, but we're not known for, we don't have committed followers. That's a place not known for humble service, not known for faithfulness, not known for radical love to people. And that's not the church of Jesus. And if we're not careful, we could become that. And so the challenge is to, <laughs> to be the branch. You stay connected to Jesus, you'll bear real fruit. And so what's that look like for us? What's it look like to be the branch? How do you, how do you know you're being the branch, you're connected to the vine? I, I think Jesus gives us three indicators here in John 15 that maybe we can think about with our own lives. And the first one's in verse five. Jesus tells us that being the branch looks like taking bigger steps. It, it looks like you're, you're trying to do some things. You're doing things that you, maybe you can't do on your own. Maybe that looks like you're just asking for help. You're volunteering to serve. You're, you're taking a leap at that dream you've had. You're saying yes to the invitation. Being the branch means you're choosing to believe in the vine. It means that you're, you're choosing to connect to the vine and just see what God will do. You're trying some things out that on paper may, may just make no sense at all, but, but your hope and your faith isn't in you. It's in, it's in Jesus. It's in the vine. So you're taking bigger steps knowing that if God's not in this, there's no chance. Taking bigger steps trusting that, verse 5, Jesus is the vine. You are the branch. And if you remain in him and him and you, you will bear fruit. Being the branch also looks like praying bigger prayers, Jesus said in verse 7 of John 15, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you can ask whatever you want and it'll be done for you. You see, staying connected to or remaining in the vine means you're, you're with him. You're listening to him. You're walking and talking with him. You're, you're connected to him. And in that connection, you get to know his heart. You get to understand what the sound of his voice. You start to understand the leading of his spirit. And so then the things you begin talking to him about, the things you, became, you start asking him to do are in line with his heart and the things he's been talking to you about. And so you pray bigger prayers. Lord, would you add to our number weekly those who are being saved? Lord, would you raise up kingdom workers in this place that are serious about your mission that we might send out? Lord, would you heal broken families, broken bodies, broken 
hearts. Lord, the earth is yours and everything in it. Would you turn back hurricanes and wildfires and famines? Those are the the big prayers I've been praying. I don't know what your big thing is, your big dream, your big obstacle, your big decision, the big step. I don't know what that is for you, but what I do know is that the size of your prayers reveals the size of your faith. Or maybe better said, the size of your prayers reveals the, the vine you're connecting to. And Jesus says, look, I'm the true vine and you're the branches. If, if you stay connected to me, you can pray big, expectant prayers. And the third thing is being the branch. It looks like enjoying being a branch. When Jesus told his disciples, we read it earlier in verse 11, here's why I'm telling you this. I've told you so that your joy, my joy may be in you and your joy may, may be complete. And it could be that for today, for you, being the branch simply means resting in the fact that you don't have to be the vine anymore. Enjoying, being content with the fruit that the vine is producing in and through you. You don't need more. You don't need bigger right now. In fact, until now, maybe you just thought this this Jesus-following life was this exhausting life of of obeying a bunch of rules or, or wearing yourself out trying to be good, and you realize that that is not the true vine. And now you just, you just want to be connected to Jesus and rest in his grace and his care and live a life of real joy, trusting him to bear his fruit through you. And for you today, being the branch means maybe for the first time enjoying just being a branch and not trying to be the vine anymore. And so please join me in being a branch if, if, if I could just say to some of you who are living a life as a stick, don't be a stick. I want to remind you um, that this conversation in John 15, it happens on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus would be arrested. So this conversation is happening right before the cross. And here's why that matters. When Jesus died on the cross, he made a way for sticks to become branches. He died that so what was dead could live again. And some of you are branches that have become sticks. Some of you have just settled for being a stick because I can't imagine Jesus would ever let me in and so there's nothing left for me but to be gathered and thrown into the fire. But on the cross... Jesus made a way for sticks to become branches. Jesus gives us the opportunity to be grafted in to the vine, to be the branch, to bear fruit, to, to have purpose and a hope and life. And together we are the branches of Jesus. With him we will bear much fruit. Apart from him, we can do nothing. Would you pray with me? Father, I'm so grateful for your word, for your wisdom, for the way you, you explain truths that we can understand. But I'm more grateful that you didn't come just to be a teacher, but to be a savior, to be a Lord, and for us to be connected to you as the vine following you forever. God, would you make very clear to us 
the imitation vines we are running after and trying to be grafted into, we would call them, you would call them idols. They only lead to death. There's no life there. Would you reveal them to us? And I pray, God, you would help us to understand that when we are connected to the vine, we will bear fruit. That's your, your promise. And so we can faithfully take bigger steps of faith. We can pray bigger prayers. And, and sometimes we need to hear you say, Lord, just rest in me. I'm the vine. You're a branch. And so, Father, we're grateful for Jesus being our vine, giving us life. It's in his name I pray. Amen. Let's sing this song in response.
no other name. You may be seated. We're going to take communion together. Have you heard of this idea of, of, of grafting like with branches? It's the, really the, you can read about it in, in, uh, in Romans chapter 11, this idea of being grafted in. Uh, I was reading this week, though, about the actual grafting process. It's pretty amazing. So the grafting is a process where, where, where farmers, where you know, scientists, they take a stick and they surgically connect it to a vine or to a, a, a tree, to a plant. It's a fascinating thing where the, this lifeless stick becomes a fruit-bearing branch. The gardener, this is what the gardener will do. The gardener will, will cut a, a wedge, a V-shape into the vine, and then he'll take the stick and he'll insert it there, connect it to the vine, and seal it up with wax. And after a while, the, the stick be, starts to receive the, the, the sap and the nutrients from the vine, and it, becomes, it, it begins to bud and it, becomes to bear, it starts bearing fruit. It becomes a branch. It's, it's amazing. But here's why I'm telling you this right now while we prepare to take communion together. Remember our metaphor. Jesus is the vine. His father, God, is the gardener. So in the grafting process, the gardener cuts a wedge into the vine. Oftentimes, uh, when the gardener does this, uh, a little bit of sap begins to seep out of that, that, that V-cut, that wedge cut. And do you know what it's called when the sap seeps out like that? It's called bleeding. It's called bleeding. The sap is the blood of the tree. The sap is what gives nutrients, it, what gives energy, it, what gives the vine, the tree, life. And the gardener, the gardener makes the vine bleed so that the stick can be grafted in and become a branch. And Jesus bled so that sticks could become branches. Sticks that have fallen off, uh, that seem to have no purpose, no hope. Jesus died so sticks could become branches. And in this moment, that's what we want to remember. That's what we want to celebrate. Jesus is the vine. And we, <laughs> we're just a bunch of sad sticks that have become branches because the vine bled for us. And so when we take this bread, Jesus said that when we take this bread, it represents his body that was nailed to a cross in our place. Let's remember that together. Jesus said the juice, when we drink it, it reminds us of the blood that, that he shed, that he was pierced so that we could have forgiveness and have life and be one with him forever. So let's remember that together. Jesus, we do thank you for such a simple meal, a simple feast to remind us of, of what you did for us, that you took us, sad sticks, sinful, far away from you, and you made a way for us to be re, reunited with you, redeemed and brought back so that we could live a life connected to you forever. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Before we leave today, I just want to reiterate who we are. We're branches. Be the branch. Throughout this series, my big prayer is that God would, would add to our number weekly those who are being saved, those who are becoming branches, those who are connecting to Jesus, the vine. And that happen, can happen anytime, any day, whenever, wherever. We'd love to talk to you about that uh, and help you make that life-saving connection to Jesus. But maybe going all the way back to the, the title of our series, Cannonball, maybe you've been kind of dipping your toe in the water here recently and you're kind of on the fence and you've been hanging out the shallow end and you're ready to jump in like full send. It's time to cannonball. Um, I just want you to know anytime you're ready, we're ready. Love for you to make that decision. If today's the day, let's go. <laughs> jump in. But it's time to go. So go be the branch. We'll see you next week.